The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, we're back. So far, Alessandra and I talked about yesterday how brands like Google and Meta are leveraging influencers. We talked a lot about tools for influencer everything. I mean, from evaluation to do you have fake followers? I think we got a good idea of these three tier systems of influencers. And today, let's talk about this influencer versus creator. I don't know the difference. So let's dive into it. What's the best strategy to win? I'm sure it depends on industry, but we're going to dive into it again. We're back here with Alessandro. Olegardi, hopefully I say his name right. Uh, we'll see. CEO, co-founder of the Influencer Marketing Factory. All right, brother, let's get back at it. All right, help us understand influencer versus creator. What's the difference and, and what's the proper brand strategy that wins? Yeah, so there is so much confusion. I would say that, you know, some platforms and social media out there started using content creator just because influencers started to be a bit negative on people and society, but uh, not for the reason I think that is used in the correct way. So an influencer, it is a content creator all the time. Yes, a content creator is not always an influencer. So make an example that I think that it's quite easy for everyone to understand. You might follow maybe pages on, let's say on Instagram, right? On account on Instagram uh, that publish every single day, maybe a different recipe, okay? Maybe really like, you know, Amazing to watch, like, you know, a recipe, someone that, or for example, you know, someone that is going out there and trying different type of food. Okay. If in these pictures, you only see the food, but you never see the person. Okay. It's difficult for you to get connected, right? With the person behind the camera. So fantastic content, right? To look at really difficult for you to be influenced by this account. On the contrary, for example, like if you do have someone on camera that is making the recipe themselves, and there are so many, right? Uh, chefs and cook lovers on, let's say, on TikTok and even on YouTube. If they do videos and they show themselves and they teach you how to cook, if tomorrow they're going to tell you to buy a new pair of knives, you're going to do that because you trust that person. So again, this person is creating content, but is able to influence you in decision making. What is that one? Purchase, right? Decision to... Instead of buying something random, why don't you buy my own products or you buy these uh, sponsors' product? Well, instead, if you, again, look at a page of someone that is just uh, publishing every single day things, but without putting their face, their personality, you know, and so on, it's difficult to get connected. So that is an example. And last thing is that a content creator can be really everyone that creates content. It's not just, uh, you know, social media personalities. It could be someone that is making a podcast like this one. It's writers on Substack's newsletters. It can be someone that creates a, a video that doesn't necessarily go only on social media, right? It could be, for example, a short film. So all these people are creating content, but again, not all of them are influencers who are all the influencers because they 
need to create content, uh, they are also content creators. So I hope that these uh, somehow clarified a bit uh, the, the two different positions there. What's a good engagement rate to look at? I'm sure it depends by industry, but what are some metrics that you look for influencer or content creator? It sounds like from what you were saying, I heard a few things, you know, number one is influencer might even be kind of an outdated term and could be, you know, if you call someone an influencer and they're a content creator, they might not like that. <laughs> um, I didn't think about that almost de- derogatory uh, in some ways, because it's it's not quite exactly what they do, because they do so much more than influence, I guess. And the second thing is just the diversity of content that people could create by channel. And we talked about that last episode. But what are some metrics that you look for for a content creator in terms of engagement, in terms of audience? Like, Are, are there some things that stick out or kind of rule of thumbs that we should be looking for? Yeah, so I would say that engagement rate, I mean, it's still something that we look at, but I don't think in my opinion that is that important anymore for a couple of reasons. First of all, you can easily fake engagement with buying likes and comments. So you can easily really like, you know, just uh, increase it. And um, doesn't mean that if you only have, let's say, yo, I have a 5% engagement rate. Okay, what does that mean? What is the type of likes and comments that you are getting? If you can have 100 comments, but if all of them are emoji comments, there is no value in those, right? So what do we do? It is that we look a bit more about, again, the, you know, not just metrics, but also the quality of your audience. Who are the people looking at content? What are the, the type of comments that you usually are commenting on, right? And also, we look at, again, you know, not only numbers, because uh, looking at influencers, like, you know, followers and engagement rate can give you, again, only an idea. As I was mentioning before, you know, we can pay two people two different amounts, but they have the same metrics. So that's where we have to dig in a bit more. What we recommend all the time is to really spend enough time to do all your research. It's going to be 100 times better to do enough homework before getting started and all identify the good ones instead of rushing it and then having to go back and find out that maybe you are paying people that are not really converting. So something that we also ask when possible to some of the influencers is also like historical data on previous campaigns, whatever, maybe they can share anything with you. If they use, for example, you know, tracking links with UMTM parameters or bitlies and so on, maybe you can ask them, for example, what was the, the click rate, for example, on their campaigns. That helps you a lot in understanding if these people are actually able to influence, right? Creating content, I don't want to say they're easy, easy, but it's easier compared to, again, influence someone in clicking on a link, right? So if you can have also have that data, that is great. It's the same like when you do a Google Ads campaign. Impressions are something, yeah, but what about the CTR? The same also should be for influencers. Do you think there's still... I guess what's your point? First of all, let me just recap what you said. I, I agree in a lot of ways, man, it's still just the Wild West. And one engagement rate for somebody in X amount of industry could be totally different. It also depends on you know someone like Ronaldo that has 500,000 versus someone else that has 20,000. Yep. The engagement rate could be all over the place for sure. I mean, engagement could be faked just like followers can be faked. So that those are interesting points. But is there... Uh, what are... I mean, I've seen so many... This is where I actually want to go with this. Sorry, I'm all over the place today. There's been so many platforms. Like I go to these events all around the world and I, I swear I meet like a hundred different influencer agencies and they've got this platform of influencers and they're really trying to sell this platform of sourcing influencers. I've seen other actually good programs where you can pay influencers early where if you're getting paid, you know, 45 or 90 days from, from mm-hmm. a brand, 
and you're the middleman, you can pay the influencer quicker. I actually do like some of those platforms. But what should people be looking for when they're contemplating an influencer partner like yourself? Yeah, so first of all, you have to have a clear brief to the campaign. So what are your goals? What are the KPIs that you want to achieve? Is there a specific location that you're looking at? Is it mostly for brand awareness or to drive conversions? Do you want to sell more online? So all these questions, again, is any other... Like you should treat influencer marketing as any other marketing channel, right? So you as a brand already have to have certain ideas, but doesn't mean that you need to have all the answers. Agencies like us... We help you in understanding what to do, but we need from you, right? Again, your goals and KPIs. Without that, it's really difficult to understand, for example, what do you want to achieve? What is the timelines associated to that? And also having a more or less an idea of your budget. There are still sometimes brands that they say, oh, we don't know about our budget. And for us, it's really difficult, right? To work on a campaign because imagine going on Google ads and be like, oh, I don't know about my budget. Like it's really difficult then to understand what to expect. So I would say that from day one, having again, a clear brief, be on the same page and also on two things. One about, you know, metrics and so on and everything, but also the other one, it's all those sort of like, you know, soft skills that you're looking in a partner. So again, we want to understand what the influencers can say or not. Uh, are there any sort of guidelines to follow? Should they know about a specific feature of your product, for example? Should we know that we had to send them physically maybe a product in time? If so, we have also to organize all the logistics, for example. Is there a promo code to use? Fantastic. If there is something that we have to follow a certain type of structure in your promo codes, we should know. Are you using already like, you know, UTM parameters with a certain structure? share it with our teams so that we don't duplicate things, right? So again, people look at influencers as this maybe silly thing, you know, with people dancing. But behind that, again, there is like a structure of like a lot of Google Sheets and platforms to use to manage everything. So if you, if you want to look at it in a serious way, you should have from day one, everything structured in a proper way where all the actors involved are clear on what to create, how much to spend, what are the different ranges that you can look at? What is this, the message that you want to give to the influencers to work on the campaign and so on? So apart from like, again, want to want to achieve and so on is also like, how do we want to get there? And that helps a lot in understanding what type of content the influencers will create for you. So again, it's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of back and forth. So I do expect a lot of communication between you, the agency and so on. Because uh, you might have something in your mind at the beginning, but then you will figure out and maybe find out that what you had in mind will not work uh, maybe with nowadays trends, for example, on social media. And again, agencies like us help you understanding and educate you in what to do. So the do's and don'ts of influencer marketing. The question I actually came up earlier that I want to ask, I forgot to ask, is what's your feeling on doing affiliate marketing with influencers and providing like promo codes for sales? I know some influencers don't love it, Certainly brands always want it. Sometimes it feels forced. Sometimes it makes sense. Do you have a point of view on like these promo codes and giving them a percentage of sales on what they sell through their channel? Have you had success with that? Does it really depend, of course, by industry and, and by channel? I'd love a little more point of view around that as well while we have you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, promo codes that work well, mostly for one reason. It creates a sort of a FOMO effect, right? You don't want to miss out on a specific discount. And what we recommend all the time it is to make it uh, time sensitive, right? So a promo code maybe is going to last only seven, seven days, for example. That also prompts you to activate. 
The promo code helps you to identify which were the influencers that brought you the most. So that is also really good to understand who is performing and who is not. And uh, on the side of, uh, you know, so the brands can understand that. And of course, on the side of the influencer, they can also get extra, right? Uh, in terms of, uh, for example, you know, affiliate fees uh, and therefore make more money. Our take on this personally as an agency, we do not work on campaigns that are only based on affiliate fees for a couple of reasons. One, we do believe that a content creator should be paid for all the work that they do. They put hours in creating content, in reading the brief, going on calls with, the, with us, understanding more things from the client, reshooting multiple times, create a script, and so on. So they should be paid for the work that they do. And secondly, what we say all the time as an analogy is this. We bring the people to the theater, right? Or to the movies. We bring you the right people, right? And enough people to show up. If they do not clap at the end of the show, that is not our fault, unfortunately. Your app could be buggy. Your landing page could take five seconds to load. And therefore, you know, people are just exiting and bounce. So what we say all the time is that we cannot, unfortunately, us as an agency and also the influencer take the risk to only get paid on performance when we have no control right over the product. So the best in our like um, case, it is to give a fixed right uh, budget to the agency or to the influencer and then on top as an incentive also add a promo code for example or something specific like that so i know that some people accept those type of deals in our case it's a bit risky and again if you're creating content everyone that is listening out there is a content creator they know how much does it take to create things and therefore you should be paid for that i love that point of view and i think that makes a ton of sense i'm um, again if, if brands in-house are, are leveraging ambassador programs and that is product experiences and potentially promo code there is some sort of value there but you're right the professional content creators i hate when people are like hey let's let's just do a, a straight commission deal That'd be great if the world worked that way. But to your point, what they provide, what they're doing, the time that they're taking, the craft that they're providing, the audience that they're providing, it should be a fee plus a commission on an affiliate. So I think that's a good point of view. And then to your earlier point, the brief is everything. I'm a big believer in, in great briefs. And I, I hate the term actually creative brief because it's so much more than just creative. The brief should encompass all the goals of a campaign, the, the demographics, the human truth that you've found that makes people excited about what your brand's doing. So really getting a, a good brief nailed down is important. And then and the other thing is just understanding the back and forth between the agency, the content creator, and the brand, and knowing that we're still dealing with human beings and, and we're not just going and, and placing paid ads on Instagram, which is why influencer marketing works better than ads uh, because it, you know, it, it also is more work. What would be kind of maybe your last point of view to our audience out there in marketing about influencer marketing and what would be maybe the last takeaway from you? Yeah, so as you correctly said, there is so much more and there is really a people business. So I would uh, dive in a bit more, you know, like I would spend enough time on social media to understand what happens. I would like, you know, get my hands dirty in the work of like negotiate the pricing, going to the scope of work, like, you know, doing a lot of them different agreements. Like we have run like thousands of them and I do realize that now we know like what to do. But if you're new to that, for example, at the beginning, get ready like to be potentially like not getting the best deal out there. It's common, right? Or maybe get ready not to see results the same day, for example. That is also common. You have to start thinking influencer marketing as a, a channel 
that you shouldn't look at, I put $1 in, I get $10 out the same day. No, it doesn't work like that. Psychology and behavior of people on social media is different than clicking on a banner, right? You might see an influencer telling you about a product one day, and then you maybe see it on a remarketing campaign, then you see another influencer, maybe you click on the button, and then you pay. So to wrap up on this, you should look at influencer marketing as a way where you pay one thing and you get so much more out of it. One, you get user-generated content that if you pay for media rights, you can potentially also put your website, for example, under testimonials, for example, or as like main videos from our influencers, for example. Then you get all the audience of these influencers, right? That that can like communicate to. And then also what I say all the time, the, the third and one of the most important points in my opinion that many marketers miss is the real-time feedback from people. If you go in the comments of a TikTok, of a YouTube video, of our Instagram that is promoting something, you can go there and read the comments. Reading the comments can give you so much in terms of understanding if the audience like or not like a specific product was, for example, not promoted. And also you should look at that as a way to improve your product. Many times in the comments can be, for example, yeah, I bought it, but is there in this other color? Or like, I bought it, but what if? And so again, you're paying for one thing, you can get so much more. So don't look at that as banners, but as, again, a human being talking to other human beings with all the different feelings involved. So again, it's much more than just, you know, a click or a CPC type of, you know, involvement there. Oh man, there's so much there. I love what you said. I'd love to make this a meme or something, but... In influencer marketing, different than paid ads, you're getting so much more as part of it. You're getting the owned audience from the influencer. You're getting the content. You're getting conversations. You're getting feedback on the product. I mean, there's just it is so multifaceted in terms of what you get when you do influencer marketing, which is why it, it freaking just works. So, man, you broke it down so much better than I recapped it in terms of the value is certainly there. And again, I, I don't... Sometimes you go to these events and these marketing events and people kind of roll their eyes at influencer marketing. Even now, I roll my eyes when I hear you know Web 3.0 and AI because it's you know what's the newest, greatest. But influencer marketing to me, to your point, there's just so much value to it if done right and if really thought out and the, if the brief's tight and right. Before we go, I'd, I'd love to hear, can you talk a little bit about the campaign work you did for like a Meta or Google or some of the things that were successful maybe versus some big brands? I, I know there's probably some things you can talk about, some things you can. Is there a brand out there that we know of the work that's been done and maybe a little mini case study out there too while we have a tiny bit more time? I'm probably way over, but screw it. Let's go through it a little bit. So yeah, no, so I know. So unfortunately, I cannot with Google and Meta. As you can imagine, we have like a lot of NDAs signed, but... Uh, I brought for you like three. I'm going to try to make it like super short, but I brought like three that are totally different the one to the other, okay? Just to give an idea that, uh, again, influencer marketing is not just anymore for small products or whatever, you know, like. So one, it's spring-free trampoline. It's it's our client. They sell trampoline, right? For, you know, outdoor activities. And why I'm telling you this example, because uh, this trampoline costs a lot of money and they are, they take a lot of space, okay? So people all the time think, oh, uh, you know, you can only sell lipsticks. Wrong. You can sell everything with influencer marketing. You can, we sold like even like, you know, de- medical devices to people and so on. Like you can do whatever if you have the right storytelling. And in this case, it was all about the emotions for their kids or for the adults to getting like back as kids, right? For, for a few moments, right? And enjoying that from when the trampoline arrives to your place, you built it and everything, and then you do like, you know, challenges and jumping and so on. So why I brought that there again, 
it's something that costs thousands and thousands of dollars and they saw conversions thanks to influencers and vlogs type of experience. So you can really sell everything. The second one, to go back, I said before about you know lipsticks and beauty and so on. It's Ren Skincare, pretty famous brand. And uh, wanted to say, instead of just selling the product, you can have like different type of storytellings and styles with influencers. We promoted these products, for example, thanks to ASMR. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that people are familiar with that, but it's all that, you know, like effects that you can do, right? With your voice, for example, or like using objects and items onto specific microphones. And so that was like, you know, like, you know, sort of pleasure for people listening in. So it was not just about the product, but also the sort of experience that you can have. And uh, we did the same also, for example, in the Get Ready With Me, that was also another, and it's still another big trend, for example. So just to say you can promote the same product in different ways. You can look at SMR or you can look at vlogging. You can look at the property or like, you know, why the product is good for you or for example, brand value. Again, there are so many, right? Breakdown you can do about the same depending on the type of influencer that you're using. And the last one, I'm going to conclude on that. This happened, you know, now several months ago. But when we worked with Duncan and one of our content creators is called Cringe Carter. Uh, I mean, Carter Kench, uh, you know, uh, is also as known as uh, Cringe Carter. He was already a big, big fan of Duncan. And so when the, they started to promote new products, uh, he was already doing many videos about Duncan coffees for free. So when we connected him with Duncan, Duncan sent him a lot of merch that was personalized and tailored with his name. He was so happy he did more videos. And you know why did that work well? his audience loved that partnerships because they already knew that he was already a big, authentic fan, like generalist fan of Dunkin'. So when they did this promotion, it didn't come as inauthentic. It was the most natural thing to do. And they co-branded, right? In that case, they did something together. So it was not just promoting, but it was working together on a new type of products or merchandising and so on. So again, I brought these different case studies, big items, small items sold in different ways, and then co-creating just to say how much you can do with influencer marketing nowadays. I love it. I mean, one thing I took away from this last two podcasts with you is, look, I, I think all of us in marketing at some level instinctually know influencer marketing works and we're pro-influencer marketing. But I think you gave us some pointers and some talking points to sell to our stakeholders to make sure other people know how important influencer marketing is and what the value and the benefit will be more so than just the organic reach or the sales. And I I think that's really helpful. So man, can't thank you enough for coming on the rebrand. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Big thanks to Alessandro Boligardi, a CEO and founder at the Influencer Factory for joining us. Um, and bear with me for the pronunciation of your last name. Hopefully I got a you know 90% right. I kept practicing, but uh, as best I can get there. But anyway, if you'd like to hear more about Alessandro, you'll find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can find him on Twitter at Alex. E-I-D-O-S. His website, theinfluencemarketingfactory.com. And he also has a podcast. Alessandro, can you tell us the name of your podcast before we uh, before we out? Absolutely. It's called The Influence Factor. It goes uh, out every Wednesday and uh, we get the best of the best uh, from the creator economy and influencer marketing industry. Love it. So check out that influencer marketing podcast and we're going to end it there. 
Just one note in our show notes I want to tell you about. Again, like I mentioned, if you didn't have a chance to make notes, which who does? You're probably in your car driving. Just head over to thereboundpodcast.com and we'll have summaries and episodes of, of everyone there. And again, you can always find us on uh, social media. I've been telling people it's probably easier to find me. It's just Scott Harkey. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. My Twitter is a little different. It's Sharky AZ, but you should find me there. Again, if you haven't subscribed yet and uh, you want the, the marketing uh, channel on your feed of things you subscribe to, uh, please subscribe. We're building our marketing community every day. I think we're up over 5,000 now. So uh, be a fan of ours, subscribe. And if you like it, uh, and other people you want uh, to get better at marketing, you know, feel free to suggest this uh, gently. But again, that's it for today. Remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.